Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I am your host. I'm not joined by my sidekick tonight, hence by a little bit of confusion at the beginning. Uh, I'm joined by um, by somebody who will uh, remain faceless. Uh, I'm re- uh, joined by North Banksy, and we're going to continue our series of um, uh, the Arsenal community contributors. Um, NB, I think I'll have to call you from now on, because North Banksy is going to be a little bit of a mouthful. Um, are we okay with NB? We are okay with NB. Thanks, Lewis. We are okay. And yep. obviously your identity has to be keep, kept highly secret because mm. uh, the, the police all over London are looking for you and everything. Oh, else. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's a special North Banksy squad, I think. I've heard about them, you know, elite. <laughs> like when you get up, for, sort of the SAS of the police are after me, I think. But, uh, you know, they want to step ahead. Yeah. Uh, if anybody's on Facebook, uh, it's not working on Facebook, uh, jump on the YouTube um, and, uh, well, they won't even hear us. So hopefully they'll join yeah. the YouTube link and join the chat. Uh, if you've got any questions, ask NB in the chat uh, and we'll go from there. So I suppose we start with this one is like, where do you come from? What's your Islington links and Arsenal links? Um, well, I'm North London born and bred. I was from uh, born in UCH Hospital up in Euston. I grew up mostly around um, Kentish Town. Okay. Arsenal... I came to it quite late, to be honest, like when I was about 20. I was just, I don't know why, I just, maybe it was when I was going to college or something and I just had this sort of thing about London and things that I was interested in and somehow ended up going to uh, Arsenal Southampton. I think it might have been 92, last game of the season. And I think uh, we battered them, actually. It was like 5-0 or 5-1. And I was with all these people like who I'd never met before, like you know, like in a huge bank of people, and they were all singing um Benali is a rent boy against <laughs> Francis Benali. And I thought like this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like, what on earth is going on here? We won five nil and I was like, Okay, that's it. You know, these are my people. It was brilliant. And I've always and, and, been quite patriotic and- for London, actually, or North London especially. So Arsenal for me was kind of like the flag of where I come from. That's how I saw it, you know. And when we look, when we look at, um, like you said, your first game was Southampton and so on, and why Arsenal. But um, when we look at uh, how all this started, how you started being uh, North Banksy, the infamous North Banksy, um, I think you can. You were telling me the story. Tell me the story about how this happened. Okay. Well, the the original uh, first thing I did, basically, I was I was. At that time, there was a video channel called uh, AFTV, which everyone knows. And at that time, they were very controversial. They were sort of, I felt, encouraging player abuse. And it was, they were sort of sowing division in the fan base. And um, they had this huge platform. Of players were getting picked on and certain fans were getting picked on. And I just thought, I was fed up with this. And why don't someone tell them what they think? And no one was doing anything. And I knew that there was a feeling that, they sort of crossed from being fans to sort of their own entity. So I, they were always talking about Wenger out, this person out, that person out. I thought, what about AFTV out? So I, um, yeah, <laughs> so I did that. One night I went out and just wrote what I thought on the wall in um, gigantic letters. And it did go... Did, did, uh, did you intend on getting caught? No, I didn't get caught for this one, actually. What happened is the person who took these photographs... It was a very um, 
well-known pie baron in the area, shall we say, of Scottish extraction. And uh, he drove past, saw me writing that, leaned out of the window and he's like, hey man, AFTV out, that's good, but are you not going to do a cronky out one? Now, of course, at that time, it, these were the two sorts of um, monikers that were going around. And so I did do a cronky out one. Um, and uh, I got caught doing it. I don't know if you, you, you've got the video or anything that you can show. Uh, I but, can show um, you the video. You can have a go. Yeah. So this was the birth, or, or is it? The birth of North yeah, we... Banksy. Are we going? So tell us this story. Go on. Uh, so, yeah, um, this well-known local pie baron said, uh, I shouldn't just restrict it to uh, AFTV out. What about Cronky? So my idea was to go, uh, not undercover, but do it overtly in the day with a made-up letter saying I had permission from Railtrack to do this. Um, and I thought it looked quite authentic, but these police women here, as you can see, they didn't. Um, and so, um, yeah. They arrested me and um, took me down to Tollpuddle Police Station. That was we were playing West Ham that day. It was uh, Freddie Lundberg was in charge, and I was in the cells for however long it took. And when we, when I came out, I think we were losing at that point. And then I got a text, and my friend said, "Oh, hello, North Banksy." And I said, like, "What's all this, North Banksy? What are you talking about?" So oh, everyone's christened you that in your absence <laughs> when you were in a cell. There's a video of you being arrested and it's going around. I was like, no. Oh, dear. You know, um, and luckily the, the you good, can't see me too clearly on it. But um, I was going to say the good thing was in around pandemic or else I was a pre-pandemic because you did have a face it, mask. It was just on, was pre-pandemic, that? actually. Yeah, I think I was wearing it as a, you know, I saw things the way things were going, perhaps as a fashion statement. But that was just to, <laughs> to sort of hide my face. But um, uh, the police took it quite seriously, actually. I mean, they pressed charges and everything. I was, I was really surprised because it turned out the council had, I, I checked, they jet sprayed it off the next day. And, and three months into the pandemic, the police were still pressing charges for something that hadn't existed for even a, even a day. It, but it, it's still, it's there, it's on Instagram, it's on it's on. Yeah, well, that's of the people's... point of these things in a way. Like, none of the art lasts forever. You know, we don't last forever. And especially this kind of street art it just it comes and it goes you know i've done really nice pieces and they just get painted over by other graffiti artists or by the council um so tell me this tell me this um as a as a youth did you do a bit of graffiti did you do art did you did you, did you learn it or is this something no, that you've it's not, done in, I, in your misspent adulthood it's my misspent adulthood i don't think i'm really an artist like this is using a technical process which I've worked out how you could do it to take photographs and turn them into negative images and then put them on your phone and from my phone put them through a projector to get projected images and then from that I can make stencils or I can just go straight onto the onto the walls you know but if I tried to draw freehand uh, paintings like this they would look like stick men or something honestly I don't have I don't think I've got the talent I've, I've got a, an I for the I work as a cameraman in my real life job. Okay. Sometimes I have an eye for a what will make a good image and which ones will be powerful and which ones will translate well into this kind of um, monochrome look. But I could teach you to do it quite quite easily and quite quickly with the right equipment. It's just really a matter of um, 
having the motivation to go out and do it. It's not that it's a difficult to do, you know, but, but mm. to go out in the streets at, at night times and do something that's semi-illegal or illegal, there's a bit of risk attached to it. And, yeah, and night speaking, people can could... be strange. You, you work out around the, the Arsenal Stadium late, late at night, and it's a different type of people that you meet there. You know, you, the night people are different. But if you do it, you know, if you've got the will to do something, why not? We talked about that, actually, when we were having a chat and doing the test on yeah. this. You talked about Islington through lockdown and you've done some of these through lockdown. And you talked about, like, there's... Uh, there's uh, Lewis Dunford talks about it in his song, like people knocking out bags and there's ladies yeah. working and there's, there's, there's just a whole nighttime sort of underworld yeah. industry. But it made you said it made you feel like Arsenal was like a, a, a real place during the lockdown. Well, I think the Emirates Stadium became a real place in the lockdown in a way like we always had this thing after we left Highbury that Highbury had character and soul and Emirates was this sort of uh, commercial concrete bucket created just to fit loads of fans in without realising that it was actually TV money that was going to change everything. And um, it seemed soulless. Mm -hmm. During the lockdown, it, it really became like a kind of focal hub for the community because it was one of these places you could go and do your exercise and meet people. When these, you remember what it was like. The one hour yep. you were allowed out every day. You go and do our hour exercise around the Emirates, take bikes or... Some people had roller skates. Some people were taking their boxing stuff. There was like all sorts of um, gym training classes going on underneath each of the entrance ways, you know, each of the lettered entrances, like inline skating. People, even, I saw a woman who was going around on like cross-country skis, but with wheels on. Another guy would yep. always come there with it. He had like some kind of beaver or something, some weird creature, a North European polecat. I think, and he used to walk it around on a lead. But there was thousands of people coming over the course of a day. And it, it suddenly, I thought, that's when the Emirates kind of got its heart. It was part of the community. Arsenal's real. It's not just a, uh, a football team that you can follow on a, a TV around the world or something that you can talk about on the internet or play with versions on a computer game. Arsenal's a real place, and there's real people that live around here and Arsenal is the thing that brings them together because it's quite a mixed up area, you know. There's some really posh houses and there's some, you know, big, there's, big there's, estates, poor estates, yeah. you know. But yeah. Arsenal is something that brings everyone together in that area and it's a very mixed up area as well, not just in income-wise, but in terms of where people originally come from, you know, where I live in Finsbury Park. A lot of East Africans now, a lot of... Um, Algerians, there's Turkish, um, all sorts of new communities come and move and change. But around Arsenal, they all support Arsenal. It's one thing you can see people who are from wholly different backgrounds. And that's, that's yeah, why I, I, I really I, like it. It matters to me. You know, it, it is a community club. I used to as well live as off just off. I used to live just off Green Lanes um, about 20 years ago until I moved out here into the Sticks in Essex. And, um, yeah, there was a huge Kurdish community and Turkish community. And then, yeah. obviously, you had the ladders along Green Lanes further up, which originally was Greek, but now it's got... And it, yeah. it's just ever, yeah. ever, ever changing. That's London for it, you, but, but Arsenal is always there. You know, that's something like an anchor, I feel. Yeah. Like we've got our history and we've, we didn't move out of the area, even though we had to move from our lovely hybrid we were just around the corner and I, i'm 
I'm very grateful they did that, actually. You know, at the time, I don't know if you remember, there was talk of moving outside the M25, buying shares in Wembley, ground sharing with Tottenham was even put up at one stage, you know. Uh, and they were saying, well, look at Milan. You know, these two clubs that don't like each other and they share a stadium. And so the, the fact that they were able to find this patch of land so close to Highbury and, and, and keep us where we belonged in the area, I think I'm, I'm very grateful for the people who, who, who managed to do that. I'm not sure who, whether that was David Dean uh, or Gazidis or who, powerful people in the local community. I think if um, if I remember rightly, we don't last time on the history thing, um, and they talked about moving uh, Mark and and uh, Andy uh, from done the uh, the whole Arsenal history uh, books and everything else, and it, it was very much a David Dean sort of uh, thing yeah. and working with the community and funding and and so on. Um, somebody's already trying to guess your identity. Uh, no, you are wrong. It is not uh, <laughs> Nika Unzer under the mask. Um, <laughs> um, oh, listen, when you, at, <laughs> <laughs> when, when you do this stuff at when you when you do this stuff at night, uh, yeah. you know, are you out there on your own? It depends. Like, preferably not, you know. But sometimes I just have to do it because I don't have this feeling I'm going to go out and do this today, or it needs to be done. The only time it's really vulnerable because I use this projector, which it's not big, but it's like the size of a kind of can of Coke or something. And you put it on a tripod, but you connect your phone to it. So obviously, I'm in front of that. At that point, I've got my iPhone plugged into quite an expensive, portable thing that looks interesting. Yeah. You see what I mean? And um, yeah. you meet all sorts of people, you know. So then, that 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 stage, I'm really if, if I'm suddenly got people around me, then I'll probably stop painting and just chat and keep an eye on the the stuff. But preferably, I'm with with someone. But then again, you know, like. I don't know. The sad thing, this is a hobby that I can do. Man can do it. A woman wouldn't be safe doing it. You know, that's just the sad, the sad fact of the matter. Um, when you're walking around late at night by yourself, of course, you could be the mad person to anyone you're approaching, you know, as far as they know. You know, if you're this operating is... at night time, you, you, you're giving out an air that you've got the confidence to do it, mm. you know. But mainly, I mean, I've just, because it's Arsenal, and like I'm saying, the area's Arsenal, isn't it? We're all Arsenal around here. So um, I don't get any hassle. You know, there's been times I've been there and I've said, oh, whoa, whoa, gangs come up. And they're all around me. And I'll, I'll, I'll be finished here if they want to do anything. But all they want to do is, like, compliment the paintings or ask, could I do a picture of them? Or how do you do it? You know, I think people have really bought in. It's not like you're short of seeing big images of Arsenal people around here. You know, you get, go to the stadium, there's giant, you know, 20 foot high Emil Smith Rowe posters and enormous, um, I don't know, Thomas Partey things on the, on the shop and stuff like that. These guys are used to seeing themselves in big images. But, but this street stuff, people just seem to like it more. Like, I guess it's more authentic than some massive uh, thing that Adidas have put together or Nike have put together or whatever, you know, they're well used to that kind of idea of photo shoots and suddenly there's a big picture of them in the new kit and it's, you know, all over the stadium. But I think this... And, and that, that that picture is normally put on a, a big poster. There was a Cronky Out uh, uh, poster at, at one, one point. And yeah. some of these people who put posters up, they really haven't got a clue. Uh, talk to me about this WhatsApp you got from a mate. Oh, um, huh. this is just by the bridge. 
on, on Hornsey Road. So this bridge leading up to the Emirates so on the left hand side, if you're coming from uh, Archway side and someone texted us and look at this, you know, that there's song right next to our stadium. What are you going to do? And so um, I think that was New Year's Day. Yes, yeah, so I did that. <laughs> I think it's funny. So, I don't know if other people think it's funny. It's on not so much. For, for anybody who's on the audio, the the, the graphic uh, on the um, on his shirt uh, changed to "What do you think of Tottenham?" and you know what the reply to that one we is. Know so what we think of Tottenham. So yeah, I did that one. <laughs> I mean, it's just for fun, really. You know, like that that took a few minutes, really. But I just thought, well, why not? It's just kind of rebranding. I'm sure something similar would have happened if an Arsenal player had been on a poster right next to the Spurs ground. So. Well, you talk about uh, posting in North London, you talk about posting in around N5 and N7, uh, but when you stick a one in front of that seven and you end up going to N17 and doing this sort of uh, stuff ah, on the wall. Yeah, that's so this another is, this one. Right, so I was feeling a bit sorry for Granite Jack, who was getting picked on, so I thought I'd change the narrative and I went up to a, this large toilet I found <laughs> north of Stoke Newington. Yeah, so I did uh, some jackets on Tottenham uh, just for the fun of it and a bit of banter. And this actually, that video went horribly viral. And I say horribly because you, you think at the time you, you want it to go, but it was just going up and up and up in the views, like 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, quarter of a million more, you know, and, and the comments were getting really aggressive as well from some of the Tottenham supporters. So I was like, yikes, I'm going to... The joke, yeah, hard, you know what I mean. It, I, I suppose I was probably as... lucky if that it was Xhaka because a lot of people are like, well, even some Arsenal supporters don't like Xhaka. Why did you do him? But uh, I had people who are friends of mine who are Tottenham supporters who said, look, if that had been Sol Campbell, um, you know, and someone asked me where you live, I'll, I'd probably have told them, you know, that, uh, that would have been really, really personal. And it's just as well because it, it was meant to be Sol Campbell originally, but I just couldn't get the. Uh, I couldn't get the stencil to look like him. It was meant to be Sol Campbell with the with the with both cups in the changing room. And so, do you know uh, how long this? Do you know how long this granite shack holding his hands Jack above his dinner day? But but the interesting story about that is um, three months after I painted that, I thought well, it's obviously gone into the realms of history. There was a knock on my front door early, early in the morning, and I went and opened it. There was four coppers there, and they're like, "Oh, right, are you so and so?" And I said to them, "Maybe." And said, so, okay, well, we, we, we're going to arrest you now for, for um, de defiling Tottenham's Hotspur's football stadium or something like that. And so, what? I'm wearing like shorts. You know, can I get dressed? I said, well, if you want to get dressed, we, you have to let us all into your house. So I had to. So they all four of them marched in, looking around my living room and stuff. And it's really funny because there was a can of red spray paint on a chair. And actually, if they'd looked, they would have seen the Jacker stencil just next to the sofa. And oh, they shit. didn't see it. <laughs> I know, I know. So anyway, they they arrested me. Again, handcuffs in case I escaped from, I don't know why, in front of my wife. Again, same police station. And this time I didn't say anything. I just did, a, you know, got the lawyer and went, um, you know, no comment interview all the way through. And I thought, well, they'll drop that as well. There was a pandemic. This is hardly a major crime. You know, Tottenham's a multi-billion pound industry. It's a bit of graffiti. They'll definitely have cleaned it off in the morning, I reckon. Uh, and it went to court. They were going to take it to court, you know. And I was like, okay. And then they doubled the two together. They put Kronke out and uh, Jacker on Tottenham as two charges together in the same case. 
And it turned out that the Tottenham police, they'd sent this squad from Tottenham to my house three times to try and catch me in. Yeah, that's a lot of police resources for just a, a bit of banter, basically. And it's just a it's, bit it's of a North Banks, It's the North Banksy squad, isn't it? I think it must have been. Yeah, that's probably the first bits of the North Banksy squad that were there. But anyway, what happened, and this is the kind of funny ending, um, Tottenham security chief put all the CCTV of me painting and that figure walking to a car and it was the car registration then then the police ran it through their computers it was quite quite involved really for a painting he put all the cctv evidence on a dvd uh, and sent it to the police you know tottenham like their dvds they're well known yes they do like in their dvds <laughs> so he did the tottenham thing put the cctv on a dvd and then to save himself a bit of money he, he wiped his hard drive to save some space and the police lost the dvd then the case, <laughs> case was thrown out. So that was that. Well, thank God for that. And yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. way they can use this in evidence from you because they can't even recognise who you are. Yeah, exactly. They're not going yeah. to get my computer for your IP address because it's all gone through somewhere in, exactly. in America. Exactly. Anyway, so yeah, there we go. No. Um, so the, uh, some of the other stuff you've done, you've done this, this one here. Is this, is this the family? Is that? Uh, that's me and my sister when I was little. So that, yeah, that's my face for age six. And that's so somebody can use some computer yeah, technology. That's a little child yeah. picture. We're, we're partly Polish in heritage. My my sister's been dressed up in some kind of traditional Polish dress in that one. There you go. Uh, um, and then if we talk about uh, you got uh, recent ones you've done uh, yeah, Shaka. Shaka. Um, yeah. Shaka. Uh, you you've done Arteta as Arteta, Yeah, that was a good one. That's been gone over now. There was it was like an Elvis triptych. And the middle Elvis uh, had been graffitied on, like sort of tagged over. So I thought, oh, oh, and it was Elvis with the gun. You know, he's like a cowboy shooting a, a gun. And I realised if I okay. framed, got the size of Arteta doing that pose the same, it would sort of, he'd echo the two Elvis gunmen. Um, so I put that one up there. That looked good. People like that one. And um, this, you know, you've been in the area for a long time. You've done some other things as well, like some memorials. Uh, yeah. One that people will remember is Gunnar Hollick, yeah, um, who sadly died uh, uh, just before the pandemic. Um, and this is you admiring um, and My reflecting work, yeah. on your work yeah. uh, afterwards. Again, Hornsey Road. Um, Hornsey Road, the uh, same poster site, actually, as, as Son with his shit shirt. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was. It's a far better, far better usage of that post post yeah. than uh, than I thought. So, um, and you've also done uh, some memorials for uh, Danny Bailey, King of the Concourse. There's a picture of yeah, that. I don't have it here. That's in the eaglet with his eaglet. hat on. Yeah. Um, and talk to. Go on, go on, carry on. I've done a few others. I don't know. You've got one in mind. I can. Uh... Yeah, it was this one here. Um, people might remember there was a, a kickoff delayed. Uh, I think it was a European. It was a it was a night game on a, a probably Europa League Thursday, and it was um, Tashan uh, Daniels who uh, yeah. was killed at uh, Hillingdon Station. And this is you doing your work. So yeah. talk talk so, us through the story and the and, well, the story and of this one. I, I was thinking about we had this thing about knife crime. You know, remember it was like no more red, and we wore these washed out shirts and lost to Nottingham Forest. Um, Tashan Daniels, I think Forest was his first game. I think it was a it, it was his first game he was going to without his dad. He was 19, I think. And he was yeah. in Hillingdon Station and two complete strangers gave it this what are you looking at? And charged over 
the, the railway bridge to confront Tashan and his friend, and they started fighting them, and and came out the worst in the fight. You know, they, they, although they'd initiated the violence, they were losing, and then one of these guys pulled out a knife and just stabbed this kid in the heart, and he, you know, he died on the spot basically. And I remember because I was at that game that he should have been at with my son. I think it was maybe even his first game. I think Martinelli scored his first goals for yep. the club. And I just thought, and I was reading about this, and I was thinking, that's strange we're doing this no more red, and they're not acknowledging this guy. You know, like he died on the way to one of our games. And I thought it would be yeah. nice to do, and I found this photograph. Then I, I obviously don't want to just do something that big in public and, and the people concerned don't know about it, you know, the family and so forth. Because that's, yeah. you know, I don't know him. I just felt that very strongly, you know, very sad that this has happened to a fellow Arsenal fan and on his way to a game. So, um, like many uh, families that have suffered these kind of tragedies, they'd had a, fa a foundation like the Tashan Foundation. I think he was a, a track and field athlete as well, so it helps deprive kids to get into that scene. And I contacted them and said, look, I've got this idea to paint him, but can you contact his family and see if they're all right with it? And they did. And, and the dad was so made up, you know, that people had thought about his son and remembered him even, you know, a few years later, which is, I mean, it was moving, but it's so terribly sad as well. Like, I just think if something like that happened to my children, I couldn't imagine what I'd feel like, you know. But at least if people, um, that he was remembered as an Arsenal fan and part of our family, that we still honour our people, you know, yep. long after they've gone, that matters a lot, I think. And also well, to, be on, to be honest, the Bear Roundabout, very close to where you do some of, some of your um, your work, uh, has lots of memorials on there as well. So, and I think yeah. it's really nice that people have a link to the club, and the and the club is a link to the community, uh, and so on. Um, you said you're not an artist, Ruth Beck, who is an artist, uh, says you are an artist, <laughs> Thank you, Ruth. Uh, and a and a great one. <laughs> it's, but but then again, as they say, art is very subjective. Art is different it's styles. A process, yeah. I mean, I've got a I've yeah. got a, a technical process that can create art, but. Um... It's going all right. I, to be honest, I, I used to, funny enough, because I um, I used to live in Hackney, and then when my son was born, our first son, the flat we lived in wasn't safe for a child. It was like had a big roof terrace and then unlocked, so the windows were low. And I, and I said to my wife, she said, well, we need to move somewhere that's more sort of it's easy. And I said, well, um, what, let's move to Arsenal Stadium, you know, um, because uh, there's flats there now. And I thought, well, we can't afford it. It'll be really expensive. But strangely, at that time, it was affordable. And I said, this is yeah. perfect. What I'm going to do is when he's born, I'm going to take my newborn child. And I don't know if it was a boy or a girl then. And they're going to go straight from the hospital in their baby Arsenal kit to a flat that's in the North Bank, right next to where my season ticket used to be. And then they're oh, Arsenal wow. for life. They can't escape it. Um, and that's what I did. We lived, We moved there and I brought my son there. And he's now comes to me to every game but going back to your point there used to be it was quite interesting because there's a little corner of the pitch which is called the memorial garden and okay you sometimes see people coming on the public walkway across or looking left and right a bit shifty get a little package out and just sort of sprinkle it around in the memorial garden I said, what's going on here now i realize these are people sprinkling their ashes of their dead relatives on the pitch of highbury and sneaking that in to like so that they can finally be at the pitch of Highbury where they belong. You're not you're not you're not gonna believe this. Uh you've just maybe got a little bit cold. Uh you probably saw me do it once for a friend. Uh, just a little piece. 
took it yeah. and as the water got through from from, from the walkway, uh, yeah, from and, the... yeah just yeah. stopped tie my shoelace yeah <laughs> dumped there a bit go, of ash on there so, but yeah, it matters wow. to people you know this is a big part of who we are i think it's a big part mm. of who i am anyway you know i love mm. you you threw me a little bit there so Hello, do you, listen <laughs> you, it's all right it's all right you're embraced by the fans obviously for the 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 banter the fun the the street the, the yeah. it just it it, it this, it's got a bit of grit and grime about it and everything else are there any other artists or sort of contributors that you like? We talked about like um, uh, Lewis Dunford and uh, his song as well. But is there, is there yeah. artists and uh, other people? Well, I, well, I like so I, I'm going to drink who, beer who kindly, here. Who kindly called in to say I am a good artist. I like this guy who does the cartoons, like badly drawn Arsenal. You know, he always does these. I think he's okay. an American fellow. And he always comes up with. He's badly drawn and so quick as well. Obviously, it's a lot, it's quite fast to do it, but his style seems to be you know, they all look the same and yet they all look like the player they're meant to be. I don't know how he does it, but that's that's a is, lot that, of is that the guy who does the like 1940s, 50s sort of look like the, the, the they're like really no. simple line drawings, you know, they all look, yeah. He, he did a book called Benga's Magic Hat or something, and he yeah, he's nice. I think he's, a, he's from America, but I'm not sure. I asked him, like, maybe we can do a collaboration, like, he can draw me as a, a badly drawn North Banksy and then I could do a massive badly drawn Arsenal with a badly drawn North Banksy painting the badly drawn Arsenal or something. Cause... Uh, and what did he say? No, he's into the idea. Just never got round to it. Like, you know, like so many ideas. Yes. Yeah. The, um, uh, commissions? Commissions? That, I've never done, done any, actually. I mean, I, people ask me sometimes, like, will you make a shop or can you get T-shirts or can we have a print? And I probably should look at that because I don't know whether this side of things is a good income or not. I should maybe talk to the likes of Ruth and people who do this. Um, whether you, but uh, I just do it for fun at the moment, you know, like literally people asking, can we buy this? Where can we get the prints? Can you do this? And generally speaking, I don't know. It's just for the local area, you know, and if you, you can catch it on Instagram or on the, on the social media. But then... One couple from this Canada, I think they wrote to me and they said, Look, we'd really like one from our, our children's, our child's bedroom. He's just been born and we nicknamed it, gave him in the middle name Banksy. I don't know why they did that. It wasn't to do with me. I think it must have been to do with the real Banksy. But that did make me think, like, maybe it's, it, it's not about making money, but just that, like I said, this art's not going to last. That's a nice uh, David Rocastle picture behind you. That's gone forever now, you know. And that was, that was just opposite Che Pub. You know, near um, Annette yeah, Road. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a house there. It was a crack house, so that was fine. But then it, they got rid of the drug addicts and moved a normal family in. At which point, obviously, they didn't necessarily want a David Rocastle on their front wall. The thing is, some of these in some in some cities, and in particular in Northern Ireland, uh, in where you got the the Falls Road and the Shankill yeah, and everything Road, else, they've yeah. they've got the big murals and stuff like that. But but the, but some of these are listed. There's one in Dalston, which will be familiar familiar on Dalston yeah, Lane. Oh, well, I don't think I don't think mine are list worthy, to be honest. But I mean, no. But you, what I mean is they're protected and and yeah, they could they're, be. They're appreciated. Yeah. No, I mean that's the thing is I don't think anyone would have looked at say the Rocast one and said that's a bad piece of graffiti. It looks decent, you know. But it was still someone's house once they moved in, you know, at the end of the yeah. day. They don't necessarily... I mean, the funny thing is that probably the, there might be people listening or people who follow North Banks. who say, but I'd love a David Rocastle outside my <laughs> house. Or why can't you come and paint my garage up like that? Well, maybe I could. Um, 
what I was going to say, like, I, I was talking to some people today and I was saying, oh, I'm going to do a podcast tonight. This is the guy who's doing it. I'm going to show him. And I said, I said, yeah, his name is North Banksy. What, what, you're speaking to Banksy. You know who Banksy <laughs> no. is. Do, 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 does, does anybody ever think what you do is a, is a Banksy? Is a real Banksy? Um, maybe one or two of people have thought that, you know, at first. And then they've sort of realized it when they've looked a little bit deeper into the social media page. But I mean, the style, I did one. We after the Man City result, and we weren't really happy with the referee at all. Um, oh, I did I've got one that, about uh, yeah. I, I did Stuart Atwell, like but carrying like you know oil wells and everything else. Money, yeah, a big pile of money dripping in oil and oil wells, and him making his way through an oil field and PGMOIL on his. I mean, to be honest, I don't, I don't think that he was corrupted by. Um, you know, Man City paid him off, but I think that these guys get totally overawed by the occasion. You know, I, I think um, that I'm trying. You carry on. To, I'm trying to look yeah, for that actual look painting. For that actual like picture, it. yeah. And yeah, the, um, the VAR guy was out of uh, out of control as well. But this is the problem with the refs. They VAR one week, and then they referee the next week, and they rotate. It's like having the internal affairs department of the police investigating corrupt policemen one week, and then going out on the beat the next. It's in their interest yep. to say that it's all working fine because they're going to be swapping roles the next week. So it's like, like a small cabal. So, uh, no, it's not that one. No, that what one are we there. looking for here? So, here we go. You should be able to see there on your Instagram yeah, page. Yeah, okay. So, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, some of the other things that <laughs> you did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did he open? Did he, did he like it? <laughs> he said thanks a lot. I don't know whether that was meant genuinely or not. So um, you sent me, I, I said, uh, what a little picture to put on the on the cover that we done from here. Yeah. And uh, you sent me this one, which I ah. didn't use. But Yeah, no, that was um, that was before the Cronky Out protest. And I was like, I had like about quite a lot of pyrotechnics with me. And I thought, oh, this will be funny. And then I thought, no, it won't. I'll get shot. <laughs> you know, the police will see, think they're dynamites or something because... I'd actually bought that whole rig webbing thing was actually for filming, uh, but in those kinds of places, which I've, which I've been to. So we have put camera batteries and it's, it's a really good sling for that sort of thing. And I thought, oh, this looks yeah. fun. And then I thought, no, I do look like a suicide bomber in that. And, uh, um, and that, this was the final result up, of what Yeah, I didn't, take, didn't wear that, but I had these pyros and I ended up, by chance, pure fluke, being like the, the poster boy for the Cronky Out protest. I think it's because everyone else, like the famous picture that, um, I think Jono took it and then Ruth painted he it did. four flares up. But that was in the middle. So if you were there to get a good shot of that, you couldn't really see the stadium. And there were all these professional photographers, like it was the, it was the Getty AP. They all know each other, Reuters, AFP. They're all together uh, waiting by the roundabout. Now, that was my sign as well, Conky, a big one. And they um, were waiting for that shot of someone doing something, but so they could have the Emirates in the background. So, oh, I'll do a, I've got smoke. I've got a few smoke grenades. Shall I set some well, You'd so know these it. people as well. Due to... No, I didn't know them, but I recognised oh, what they okay. were trying to do. Like, I could see why, why were they gathered here? I said, oh, they want the, the wide shot, you know. Okay. And so I'll, I'll put that on. So I... Um, pull the pin on the grenade. So like, shall I wear a mask and look sort of like a scary ultra? And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, okay, shall I wear sunglasses and look like a scary Italian ultra? And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I <laughs> did it. And they're sort of waving this silly thing around in front of them. And, um, and then 
didn't think anything of it. Then the next day, my friend said, oh, you're on the, you're on the newspaper. I was like, really? So I went to check. I was like, I was on the back of the mirror or something. And then I went to the next one. I was, like, oh, I was on the back of the sun. And then I was on the back of the Sunday Times. Then I was in the Express. And then actually, that um, picture had, had become the... That and Jono's one. I think Jono's one is more creative, but 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 and it's a yeah, much better picture. But because these were taken by press photographers, and there's a variety of, you know, they were sold. sold AP among had themselves one. And, Reuters yeah, had yeah, their yeah, version, yeah. depending when the smoke grenade was. It looked good or bad. They all went yeah. with that. Um, so game-wise, you said you bring your son to the home games. Do you do home? Do you do many away games? I haven't for a long time, actually. Since really since probably about five years ago, since I started to go with my son. I wouldn't mind that. Maybe I should offer some paintings to people, but it's still a little bit of a, a complex shop. You know, I can't always necessarily go up and watch Bolton on Thursday in the... Um, it, you know, it's a lot of dedication. Build up my credits and stuff like that. So maybe I'll try and uh, see if there's someone who likes a nice North Banksy picture or something we can... Uh, I managed to get some points, but I managed to get to about 12 games last season yeah. away and, and most oh, wow. of the home games. Um, so before we before we go on to what you think about the the rest of the se- last season and, and, and the rest of the season, um, there was a, uh, an awful incident happened in 1982 yeah. uh, ahead of a West, a West Ham game on Gillespie Road. Uh, John Dickinson... Yeah. Um, you'd done this stencil and yeah, talked about got, this because you didn't didn't know the reaction. I didn't was know happen. him. No, I mean, funny enough, I remember that incident reading about it in in the Evening Standard in '82. I was twelve. I'm thinking, my God, football is. I'd never be a football supporter. Like absolutely terrifying. All these people trying to kill each other, and then one of them has. And then I got contacted by someone, and they, and they said, "Can you do something for the?" You know, for his memorial, because it, it would be 40 years. And ironically, and not, not even funny irony, uh, we were playing West Ham that very day. So it was a real bitter um, thing to swallow for his friends. And they said, we're going to do a little memorial on St. Thomas's Road by the uh, Gillespie Road interchange. That's where he died. And I, I painted this up and sent it to the guy. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we really like that. And then I went down. There were these 40-odd blokes, like all... Of a certain age, do you know? What I mean, they'd have been in their twenties in uh, in nineteen eighty-two. That was his crew, basically. And um, these were all. I mean, there's a lot of hard-looking men there. They are quite old now. But I, I, I was looking at this bunch and thinking, like, I still wouldn't. I 30, still wouldn't get an argument. Thirty pubs in North London <laughs> have seen their hardest geezer. You know what I mean? The second hardest geezer is having a field day in thirty pubs. But they were really. I mean, it was really touching actually that so many of them turned up. They clearly hadn't seen each other a lot of them for a long time. And uh, mm. they all come there for that day to remember one of our own. You know, it's it, it's it was, really it nice. I like the way you captured old, just like yeah. the the style of, of 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 the way people were, like the casuals and everything yeah. back in the in that time. I, I, it's very poignant. I, I didn't know about the James Dickinson. Uh, sorry, John Dickinson. Yeah. I know a guy called James. Sorry, yeah, uh, John yeah. Dickinson. I, I I didn't know about that until. A, a little bit leading up to the 40th anniversary, I, yeah. I had heard something on one of the radio channels, uh, and yeah. I thought, like you, shocking. So I, I lived in Ireland at that point, so yeah, I they have said been it was all. Because um, I was surprised because I said, "How could you kill?" You know, like carrying knives. And they said, "No, it was all Stanley knives in those days. They were really just like attacking each other with Stanley knives." And this guy somehow it just nicked him under the rib and must have just 
slicer, I don't know, part of his heart mm. is like absolutely critical because he died um, so quickly. It wasn't a deep wound, but it was it was a Stanley knife that had done it. Um, and the last thing, the last thing on on memorials, one I didn't mention. You said David Seeger's son was, uh, yeah, Liam had uh, died in an accident. Yeah. Again, I find because David, I follow his writings and um, his posts about it. And again, the same thing with Hashan Daniels. I love my child so much, and I just couldn't try and imagine to myself what what their family went through. You know, Liam, really nice looking kids. You know, it was a New Year's and he died in a, I think, a hit and run or something like that, stupid on the A12, you know, meaningless. But, you know, it, this can happen in life, you know, the worst it things can, can happen in life. And I I remember thinking to, that I'd like to do something for David. And I didn't know him, but I got in touch with his daughters, actually. And I said, this is my idea to do this picture. Um, there's a photograph of him and Liam on Wembley Way going to an FA Cup final. I think maybe one of the last pictures that he had with his son, and I said, "I'll, okay. um, I'll uh, do that as a I, painting and give it to give it to David." And um, is it is it he, this one here? Just let me just see. if it's I'm wrong, I right. apologise. Yeah, I think it is the right one. It That's is the, that one uh, at the screen. That one there. Yes, that's it. Yeah, so that's David yeah. Liam. It's like we prepared for this, days, isn't it? And Liam, well, he's young forever. Bless him. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so, so that was a father and son and they're on their way to their well, their last game together. And these sorts of things they really I don't know. My I was a lot harder edged before I had kids, maybe. You know, you, you just see things so much differently then. I, I think I think it's having kids, and I think it's grown up. And uh, you you sound like you're a similar age to me. I'm seventy one, oh, so okay. yeah, yeah. I think I think you just get older and mellower uh, as you get along, and you start reflecting. Uh, yeah. Thoughts on last season on, on with reflection? Um, to be honest, at the beginning, I thought we'll compete for fifth. You know, like we'll be lucky to get it. At the end, I was disappointed because we could have had the fourth place in our grasp, but I think. I think a couple of things happened. One is that we, we were thin. We took a gamble in January not to reinforce. If Thomas Partey could stay fit, I think it would have been a different story. But he got injured and we had these three games where we seemed to lose our heads. You know, we're trying to play Jacker at left back. That was a mistake by Arteta. But gen generally, he was a big controlling figure and we sort of lost our way, we lost three on the spin. And that's when what the future strength of this team... Uh, showed itself to be a weakness. They were all young men, you know, with a few sort of sergeant majors, which are basically, you were talking about El Nani and Xhaka, you know, almost all the others at Lacazette, I suppose, experienced campaigners, but most of the others are quite young. And our bad run began when they all came back from international duty, all full of themselves, captain of Norway, England call-ups, this, that and the other, and ran headlong into a Crystal Palace side that had been thinking about nothing apart from that game against Arsenal for a week. And they took yep. us apart. And I think the callowness of our youth was really exposed then. You know, young men, they, they either think they're king of the world or everyone hates them and they're, you know, they're rubbish and nothing, you know, there's nothing in between. And experience is what gets you that in between. Things will change, things will turn, you know, hold out. I've been in this before. Maybe they haven't, you know. And so then you get a sort of collective nervousness because they're all of a similar age or most of them are and they can't. You know, they haven't seen a game where they've come back from 2-0 down and won it 3-2 yet or something like that, you know, that it's possible. Mm. And so they're like, oh, 
we're getting destroyed. I feel like Martin Odegaard for us is a fantastic player, but the look on his face when he came out for that Newcastle game, he looked terrified, actually, I thought, you know, or didn't look happy, you know, and I, and I just think, you know, one thing that people don't look about with this squad is they'll get better. Whatever they are now, they'll be a better player in a year. They'll be that much more experienced, that much better trained, that much more physically developed. You know, some of these are not fully grown men yet, really. You know, mm. they're not at the peak of their physical strength. And this team, I think, will get, with some quality additions, maybe three or four for depth as well, I think we've got a really nice team there. And I also think that they've, what Arteta has done is not just what someone who plays football fantasy manager online and thinks that they're an answer, you know, got the answer to everything. He's looked at the character traits of the people as well as what their um, Opta statistics are for running and dribbling and crossing and tried to build a group of people with a similar approach to the professionalism of football, a similar hunger and ambition, similar age group and a, what they think are a similar ceiling. So, my understanding is that this is a group that could be serious competitors in, in a you, couple of seasons' time. You cited El Nenny, you cited Shaka, uh, you cited Lacazette as the more experienced players, but do you feel that, they, that this current squad and then following on for that, your expectation for next season, do, do, do you feel that this uh, squad lacks leadership? No, I don't think it lacks leadership. I think that it just lacks experience across the board. So, like I said, when you've got Chaco's an experienced leader and he's a cap national captain, Lacazette's experienced, El Nenny's experienced. I just think that it's it's just something that comes with age and being in more, you know, you can train all the, all you like, but unless you're in a live game, you know, where the, where the stakes are that much higher, everyone's putting in that much more effort, the tackles are coming crunching in. What it likes is, you know, when someone is repeatedly letting you know they're there and the referee's not doing anything about it or something like that. And you're going, fuck me, I'm getting battered here. You know, mm. and, and there's a thousand people laughing at me, you know, from, from the home fans and the ref's doing nothing. And then you think, well, will I bother making that run again? You know, I'm going to get, get clattered again. You know, fuck it, I won't. The guy next to you is like, well, he's not pulling his weight. You know, and that sort of... Um, can ripple through a squad, you know, and it, you, you, you want your experienced ones to sort of see that and put a, put a stop to that. Clearly, we're at the beginning of the transfer window. We don't really know what's going on. We've got this young yeah. Brazilian uh, future yeah. talent. Uh, so we, we, looking at where we are and assuming we strengthen in the right areas with players, what's your expectations for next season? Um, I think we'll be top four. But that could depend on a lot of other factors. We certainly should be competing for it. I think we were competing for it this time, but that was it was then became a competition of who who wants to lose it the most. You know, Tottenham and Man U and Arsenal all just were all at one time or another in really commanding positions for that race. And um all threw it away at one point. Tottenham, I think the turning point was really the home game for them against us. We should have played for a draw. We should have done, you know, five 3-2 or whatever, just a complete low block Mourinho thing and tried to nick something rather than, you know, they were always going to be up for it. They've got a good team. They've got a nice stadium. They'd never played Arsenal at home in that stadium. First North London derby after the pandemic. It was going to be a rocking atmosphere, you know. So, honestly, I wasn't surprised that we lost it, but I was surprised that we set out to try and win it, if that makes sense. Mm. It would have been better to try and play for the draw 
and, and hope for the win than play for the win. And again, inexperience got got the better of us. Tottenham were very cynical and, it, and, and, and expedient. That, you know, Son getting fouled and making a meal of it. Um, was it Rob Holding getting fouled and not making any deal of it? You know, and, and ends up getting sent off when. Um, and in your view, then you say that that was the inexperience and youth. Is that inexperience and youth of the players, the manager? Who who would you? Well, and I, I, I mean, no. I think in terms of gamesmanship, that's probably the players. Do you see what I mean? You just get used to the dark yeah. arts and and how cynical you can be and how much you can. I mean, every time they go around falling down and looking for a free, almost all dives, aren't they? You know, or I've never seen someone who's as injured well, the, as the, the players seem to be, get suddenly get back on their feet so quickly when it when it looked like you see those faces in Saving Private Ryan or something at the beginning scene yeah. that's blown up on the beach, not getting tapped on an uh, ankle. Well, in, in fairness, Lacazette is, is very guilty of that at one point yeah. in the season. Where, yeah. well, I, mean, was it in, I think it was, in lock, it was in lockdown. He got fouled, dived up in the air, went, ah, like we shot, realised the referee wasn't going to give anything, and then he ran up the other end. Yeah. So they all do it. So they all do they it. They all do it, yeah. I, 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 th- I, th- I think um, gamesmanship-wise, working the referee uh, and getting into players' heads like Rob Holding, I think uh, Spurs done, done us a, a good on there and the referee didn't help. But, no, for sure. Um, challenging for fourth then. What about in the Europa League? How, how, how far can you see us getting in there? How far would you expect us to get oh, in there? I would expect us to get to the... I'd expect us to get to the finals, to be honest. But I suppose that, that can be with the field as it is. You don't know who's going to drop out of the Champions League, you know, good yeah. teams. We're a very strong team for for the starters. But of course, actually, the Europa um, League gets tougher as it goes on because Champions League dropouts fall into the Europa League and they're good teams as well. Yeah, they are um, indeed. Like Barcelona ended up... I know they're not yeah. the same Barcelona a few years ago. They ended up in it and, and, and various other teams as well. Yeah, Italian so. teams often end, seem to end up in like... Yeah. But I yeah. think... Um, I mean, I, I think the important thing to remember is that Arteta is also a young manager. He's not experienced. Yeah. I think he's really clever. I think he's got a really good idea of what he wants to do with Arsenal and how to do it. But he's gonna he makes mistakes. And I think that he... What I was worried about with him at first was that he didn't seem that he had the humility or he wasn't giving out the idea that he had the humility to know that he'd made mistakes. But I think that he does know. He was just trying to keep this sort of um, appearance of control and command. You know, I think that what they, how they talk in the dressing rooms and how they are um, is different to what we see. You know, like mm. what goes, what we see the players for 90 minutes, you know, but they see them every single day. And the personalities and characters in training are as important to how the club pushes forwards as um, good results. Because we're building this young group. And if it, if it works, and I think it could work, you know, we could have a really phenomenal team on our hands. And this guy can be a generational manager for us. The things that can get in the way of that, I'm slightly concerned that the arrival of um, dirty oil money from... Uh, Saudi Arabia and Newcastle will sort of create another Chelsea situation, just as we were planning to deal with this uh, run of uh, yep. uh, opponents. There's suddenly a new one with unlimited funds, and they'll do what they what Chelsea did at the beginning: buy players to stop other play other teams getting them, not because they want those players. Things and then put them out. City on are doing it right now as well. Yeah, put them out on loan to Zanzibar, you know, Sporting at Zanzibar or something. The aim was to stop mm. Liverpool buying that guy, not to own him themselves. But what can you do? I think on our day, we've got 
I, I personally think that um, Champions League qualification is the minimum requirement, whether that's yeah. via the Europa League, winning the Europa League, or yeah. uh, by league position. Part of me wouldn't mind finishing fifth and winning the, the Europa League sure. uh, and then getting in. getting in. At least then we get a European trophy in a pot. I think we need a good cup run. And I just want to see some pro- progression from where we are uh, with regards to the transfer window. It's so early on, you can't really make a comment, but I would like to see any of our transfers, our main transfers, in um, before yeah. a ball is kicked at the beginning of the season rather yeah, than wait until... Be because well, I suppose the World Cup is going to make a big difference because agents are going to be hanging on, aren't they, to see if their their guy has a good World Cup or a bad World Cup and does that put their price up? Or You, know, you can get players who are not necessarily great, but they have a brilliant well, tournament. Th- Think about this. It was on Twitter. Mo Arsenal 86 came along. Premier League fixtures will be released next week. Five games in August, three games in September, six games in October, two games in November. So that's 16 match days before the World Cup break uh, on November 13th. For contrast, um, that match day 16th was on December the 12th. Um, uh, this gonna year, a lot of injuries. You know, we're going to have to be very plus, careful with player management. Plus, you're going to have the League Cup in there. Plus, you're going to have the yeah. Europa League in there, Europa Conference League, and so on. So, uh, uh, and they're going to be playing for three years. I know they only play once a week, twice a week, whatever. And everyone says they get paid millions, whatever. But player welfare, you've got to think about it as well. Yeah, it sure. is going to, it, it's really going to make a big difference to them uh, on that. Yeah, I think like Smith Rowe was getting injured towards the end of last season. He could do with a break, but he's playing back-to-back games for England under in, po- in pointless friendlies for a competition they've already yeah, qualified well, that's how for. Yeah, Tierney got got cropped, isn't it? A pointless friendly. Yeah. Although yeah. the story but- is now that he did it to himself, lifting weights in the gym or something. But I don't buy that. No, and uh, by the way, Ireland did be- beat Scotland three 0 at the weekend. Just, just you know, we we don't get a chance to we we don't we don't get a chance to to crow very often. So I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. take that one. North Bank City has been an absolute pleasure. Thank um, you very much. Uh, uh, I'll stick this uh, audio version up on Spotify and and all the other different platforms. Anyone to listen to back? If you want to follow North Bank City, he's at North Bank City uh, AFC. Um, which is down at the bottom. That's on Twitter and on Instagram, isn't it? Yeah, well, the Instagram is actually called Real North Banksy. I think I, I somehow made a mistake trying to copy the names from one to the other and okay. got myself out of my account, but never mind. Put a North Banksy okay. in if you want to see a, pictures of uh, Arsenal players and our, our fan base on the walls of uh, Highbury. Brilliant. Well, thank you for contributing thank to this, uh, this this summer. Uh, yeah. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I, people, I if you like it, beer, I couldn't... you can have your beer. You... Okay. <laughs> well, I've been slowly sipping and I yeah, can see I you looking at me. <laughs> I noticed that. Um, uh, if you like what we do, click the like button on there, guys. Uh, some uh, comments in there. Ruth said a great um, podcast. Wonderful to hear from, uh, to hear from you, North Banksy. Thanks, Fergus. Uh, 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 Nobby has said great to hear the passion from the Arsenal family. And uh, Guna Ross he just goes good. Well done, guys. Crocky yeah, yeah, He's got the old badge as well. Love uh, he has. Thanks he has. Very much. It's a pleasure. Up the Arsenal. Okay. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.